This episode is sponsored by Stepmom Magazine. Guys, Stepmom Magazine is probably one of the only stepmom resources that I check out on a regular basis. It is an online magazine with articles from all the top step parenting experts on all things stepmom life. If you've been through it, Stepmom Magazine has covered it. The articles inside Stepmom Magazine are written by a hand-selected team of experts. Contributors are licensed therapists and published authors and stepfamily professionals who just get it. Stepmom Magazine also has eBooks that you can download if you're struggling with a particular issue, such as disengaging or dealing with the ex or having an R's baby and more. It is a super cost-effective way to get support and most importantly, reassurance that you're not alone. It is such a great feeling when you get the monthly email letting you know that the monthly edition is ready. The articles are always so timely. To subscribe, head to www.stepmommagazine.com and use the code JAMIE20 to save 20%. Again, that's www.stepmommagazine.com and use the code JAMIE20 for 20% off. Hey there, it's Jamie Scrimger here, and you're listening to the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. I'm a wife, a mom, a stepmom, a coach, a conversation opener, and a BS caller. Eight years ago, I found myself sitting on the bathroom floor, bawling my eyes out, wondering what the heck I was thinking, marrying a man with three kids and an ex-wife. Look, don't get me wrong. I was madly in love. The kids were great. But being a stepmom is, well, it's just complicated. If you know, you know. As a 26-year-old with zero experience in the parenting department, I went to the internet for support. But I was disappointed with what I found. So I decided to create the type of support I was looking for. Raw, real, solution-focused conversations about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. Life can be hard, really freaking hard. But it's entirely possible to thrive amongst the tough stuff. Each week, I will bring you tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life. We'll bring you along as I create my own. Let's do this. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. So today is a Q&A, and it's all about how to handle the holidays and Christmas when it comes to the schedule and stepkids and your R's baby, extended family, and just the whole thing. So I asked for some questions over on Instagram and as always, you guys delivered. So today's episode is going to be just a mix of me sharing what we do in our family and answering some questions about some of the stressors that you guys have in your situations. So let's do it. All right. So the first question is from a fellow stepmom, and she is struggling because there has never been a set schedule for Christmas break, and it changes every year, and it's driving her nuts. So yeah, that would be really hard for me because I like to plan. So yeah, I totally get your frustration. If it were me, because I am a bit of a control freak and do like to have a plan, I would suggest creating a plan or a schedule that you guys could alternate every year or every other year and just see what she says. Now, here's the deal. You need to be strategic in these conversations because if you go in and tell her that you don't like how things are and you want to change it and it's kind of all about you, it's very unlikely that she's going to be like, yeah, sure. How can I make your life easier when it comes to the way we do things with my kids? You know? So when you are trying to convince someone to change something, especially when the other party isn't always super keen to make life easier for you, it's really helpful to focus on all the benefits that there are for them when you are proposing the idea, right? So make it way more about them than it is about you. 
And you just need to show how it's a win-win for everyone. The goal really would be for me in this case to get an agreement in place for next year. Now, I know there's a lot of people who are reluctant to have anything written out or any legal agreements when it comes to co-parenting. A lot of people split up and they're like, no, we're just going to figure things out as we go. We'll always be a team. We'll always work together. And that's really amazing. And it works really, really well until it doesn't, until someone's pissed off at the other person or someone moves on with their lives. And that just does not work for anyone anymore. So I think it's really helpful to have a plan to fall back on so you avoid that power struggle and that unnecessary conflict. And you can always add this clause in that says, unless mutually agreed upon. So, you know, for us in Darren's agreement, it says the Christmas schedule, and then there is a clause in there somewhere. I don't even know where it is anymore that says, unless mutually agreed upon with all things in the agreement. So if both parties agree, you're good to go. However, there is something to fall back on in the event of conflict. Next question. Do you ask your family to buy your stepkids gifts so they don't feel left out? This is a very interesting question because it's been something that has definitely come up for us lately. And I've been super clear about my expectations on this from the beginning. So my expectation is that you treat all of the kids the same. If you're going to get one kid a present, you're going to get all the kids a present. If you're not into that, don't get anyone anything. Like, do not come. You're not invited. Honestly, I won't have my stepkids feeling left out or like they don't belong ever. Like, that's just non-negotiable for me. All right, so the next question is about the types and quantities of gifts when your partner and you have different views. So this stepmom says she's torn between caring about it and doing the shopping or just having her partner do the shopping for his own kids. Okay, so here are my thoughts on this. You really do want it to be even, especially if you have kids from two different marriages celebrating together. So I am not a fan of one parent doing the gifts for one set of kids and the other parent doing a, doing the gifts for their own kids, unless you're totally aligned because it's just, you don't want the kids to end up resenting his kids or vice versa, or feeling like it's unfair or feeling like one family is being favored over the other. It can get really complicated for kids. And I'm saying this from experience because growing up, my dad had this girlfriend who would always take care of her kids and do everything for her kids. And then my dad would have to take care of us. So she had three, he had four. So there's four of us. And you've probably heard me tell this story before, but there was this Easter when she did her kids, he did us. And so he got us, you know, a chocolate bunny and a basket and just typical Easter stuff. And for her kids, it was like freaking Christmas. Like they had so, like they had new outfits and new toys and all of this candy. And my siblings and I were sitting there being like, what in the heck is happening here? Like, how is this actually happening? It was so terrible. We resented it. We resented them. We really didn't like her. Their relationship actually didn't last because of how the kids didn't mesh together and how we got treated differently. Like it really can be a deal breaker in the long run. So I think it's really important to get aligned with how you're going to do Christmas. How do I make sure my husband enjoys Christmas Day when my stepson will be with his mom in the morning? So I would just ask him what he wants to do. Ask him what he needs. Ask him how he wants to spend that morning. And I do think it's a really great opportunity to create some traditions between the two of you and have a really nice morning together. So have coffee together, you know, sit by the fire, exchange your gifts, make love, have a slow morning, breakfast in bed. Like you can make it special 
I think that's really important. I do know that with Darren at the beginning, he liked to have that distraction. So I always had something planned. But my dad always used to say that Christmas is when I'm with my kids. And that's a mindset that Darren really has adapted. And I just recommend sharing that with your partner if they're struggling. Because, you know, you can have a great Christmas, um, even though it's going to look different this year. Next question is how to feel less like an outsider when you are new to the family. So you will feel like an outsider for a while, but I do think it's really important to push through that discomfort and make an effort to get involved. Remember, you are an outsider. Like you are new here. This is a new family. So it is a natural feeling and it's natural to feel this way. But if you, you know, take a step back or if you don't get it as involved or you kind of distance yourself because you feel like an outsider, you're going to feel like an outsider for even longer. So get in there, ask questions, get involved, push through that discomfort. And the sooner that you get involved in the traditions and all the things that are going on, like you're going to be part of those remember whens. Because, you know, when families get together for the holidays, there's often old stories and old jokes and that kind of stuff. And I remember when Darren and I first got together, I felt like a huge outsider with his family at Christmas and just during the holidays. And they didn't do anything wrong. They were just like going about their day to day. And I just kind of was reserved and I didn't get involved and I just didn't go all in. And I wish that I did because as soon as I did let that guard down and really create those unique relationships with his family members, I started to be part of those remember whens. Like we started to create our own memories. So Really resist that urge to avoid that discomfort and just push through because it does work in your favor in the long run. The next question is, or it's not really a question. It says, it feels like the presents are a competition and we always lose. Look, it takes two people to be part of a competition or two teams or whatever. Like you don't have to buy into that competition. And it really is this mindset. So if the kids get something really amazing at their other house, be happy for them. Ask questions about it. Let them know that you're super excited for them. Like, Be excited that they are excited or that they got something really amazing and you actually didn't have to be the one to buy it for them. So it really is this mindset shift around the competition piece because you have to remember that ego has no place in co-parenting. So Heidi Powell was on the podcast a few months ago, and she talked about how it's so important to take the ego out of co-parenting. And it's so true. So the ego wants to be the better home. The ego wants to be the better parent, have the stronger relationship. And yeah, you know, the ego does get in the way at times, but it actually doesn't matter, right? Like you don't buy into the stuff. The goal is to raise happy, successful, kind, hardworking, well-adjusted kids. So what you get or don't get them for Christmas or whose house does the better Christmas, it actually doesn't matter in the long run. And it won't affect your relationship with them long-term either. I'm going to give an example too, because we've always been really close with our dad. So growing up, again, my parents were divorced. We would be with dad on Christmas day and then mom on boxing day or vice versa. And my dad was terrible at gifts. He really was. And I really hope he doesn't listen to this, but he, he just, he would get us really practical gifts. Like he got us a safe one year because he was sick of us saying that the other kids were taking our stuff or we would always leave our towels on the bathroom floor and he would get annoyed. He got us all our own color of towels. So he would know who left the towels on the floor. Like those were our Christmas gifts. And 
You know, he just didn't know it wasn't his thing. And my mom was always amazing at Christmas. She always did the best stockings. We had the best time. We had all of the traditions with her. Like I really look back and think about the Christmases that we had with our mom, but it didn't affect our relationship with either of our parents long-term, right? Just because you do the better Christmas doesn't mean that you're the better mom, or just because you do the better Christmas doesn't mean that you're the better dad. Like just don't buy into that because it doesn't affect your relationship long-term. A couple weeks back, I was having a day. Life, business, family, it was one thing after another. It was actually one of those days where you're like, is this real life? Like what else could go wrong? Four o'clock could not come soon enough. When I wrapped up work, I noticed there was a package on my doorstep. It was a bamboo jogger set from Cozy Earth. I immediately went upstairs and changed into it and it literally changed how I was feeling. It is made from the softest fabric ever. In fact, I now need this sweatsuit in more colors because I have been wearing it every evening since. At the end of a long day, I love getting all cozy and comfortable, throwing my hair up in a top knot and just chilling with the fam. This sweatsuit is my new uniform for doing just that. Now here is the deal on Cozy Earth. Their bamboo joggers and crew are made with the softest, temperature regulated fabric. They're certified free of harmful chemicals. They won't pill and they wash up great. They also have other products like t-shirts and PJs and sheets. Cozy Earth is an amazing way to up-level your cozy nights and your sleep. And of course, I have a discount code for you. So JamieS45 gives you 45% off your order, which is the highest code they will be offering this holiday season. I cannot recommend these enough. So I have the black in medium and the light gray are in my cart www.cozyearth.com and use the code jamieas45 for 45% off your order. Enjoy. How do you figure out what to get your stepkids each year? I just ask them. I know that sounds like a simple answer to the question, but I just ask them what they want. I don't care about surprises. I just really want everyone to be happy with what they got. And I don't want to waste money buying things that kids don't actually want and just are junk in the house that I have to deal with. So I used to know what was cool and what the boys would wear and what my stepdaughter would wear. And I've realized that I don't know what's cool anymore. I don't know what the kids like. I don't know what the kids want. And I've just really accepted that. So, you know, for example, last year I picked out some clothes for my stepdaughter and then a month or so ago I was in her closet and I found the sweater that I got her with the tag still on it. It just wasn't her style. She didn't like the sweater, which is no big deal. I actually took the sweater back and just started wearing it and (laughs) told her that I was wearing it now. But I would rather them be happy than it to be a surprise. So my stepson wants tools this year. So he's getting tools. He sent me the links for them. I bought them on Amazon. Like it is going to be no surprise for him. He has some surprises in his stocking, but that's all. I really just straight up ask them what they want. And if you are into surprises, I would just have a section in your phone, like in the notes section, if you have an iPhone, when they say that they like things or you're out and about with them, just make ideas or make notes about ideas throughout the year. So then when you get to Christmas time, you aren't stressed out because this is not meant to be stressful. How do you handle Santa when your stepkid is not with you and you have toddlers? Okay. So we ran into this when we had Reese. So Reese now is seven and my youngest stepson is going to be 15. So there is definitely an age difference. 
And so here's how we've done it and how we would have done it even if there wasn't an age difference. So Santa gifts are opened in the morning here, no matter what. If the kids are with their mom, they have Santa with their mom. If they are with us, Santa comes here. Santa only comes to one house. That's just how we do it. I personally think it's weird when Santa goes to two different houses because how do you explain that to the kids who don't have two houses? Like that's not fair for them. Like I, Santa makes one stop. That's how we do it. So we wake up, we do Santa. If the kids are here, we do it with them. If Reese is just with us, then we do that with her. And then that afternoon when the kids come, because we exchange around 3 p.m., we do presents again. So we will do the kids' presents then. And then Reese will get presents again in the afternoon. So often Reese will get more presents from us than the kids because we've always said like they're getting presents over at their mom's house. They're having a whole other Christmas. So we never want her to feel like she is getting the shit end of the stick, if for lack of better words. One thing that I always made very clear to Darren was that I was never going to make Reese feel like she is living her life based on the other kid's schedule. Like it is not fair in my mind for kids to have to wait till all the kids come. Like their life should never be put on hold because they were born into a blended family. Like the show must go on. The kids are moving on and having fun and celebrating at their mom's house. Like their life isn't on hold when they aren't with us. And so our life shouldn't be on hold waiting for them to return. So the child is not speaking to us. How do we go about Christmas with the other two? Here's what I would say. Open the invitation. Let her know that you want her to come. Make it a safe zone and tell her you just want to come and celebrate and not talk about any of the issues. Often kids don't want to come because they are scared they're going to have like an awkward conversation or they have to hash things out. They don't want it to be awkward and they're just avoiding it. So I would just open that invitation and just make it a safe zone for them to come. If not... I would send a gift back with them so they know the door is always open and then just go on with the show. I really don't think that it would be beneficial in the long run to just not get them anything for Christmas. Like you want to make sure the door is open, be the bigger person, let them know that you're there when they're ready. Next question. My husband feels guilty for celebrating without the big kids when they aren't around. So I kind of just touched on it, but I would flip that around on him and ask him if it's fair for everyone to have to wait around based on the schedule. Like, is it fair for everyone else? No. So it's just not a fair situation. Life is not fair. You have a blended family. There's different schedules. You have to accommodate different schedules. So I think it's just not a realistic way to go about things. And you can create different traditions to accommodate the different schedules. So for me, this is a non-negotiable. How do I not let the in-laws talking about the ex bother me? It drives me crazy. Well, it would drive me crazy too if it was excessive. Uh, Yeah, so if they are excessively talking about the ex, I would have your partner mention something and say that it makes you uncomfortable and that everyone's trying to move forward with their life and see where you can go from there. They probably don't even realize that they're doing it. And if they're doing it on purpose, that's really not cool. Now, if this is something that you really struggle with, I would recommend heading to the membership. I have a tell-all podcast episode in there where Darren and I dive into what we think you should do or how to cope if the in-laws are still really tight with the ex. It's a really good podcast episode where we really dive into this type of dynamic. Next question, do you get the same amount for each kid? So for the most part, yes. As I said above, Reese gets extra presents because the kids get more presents at their moms and we're just trying to keep it equal. But we do base it on money. So 
some kids get a lot of gifts and the others not so much based on what the gifts are. Like one year, my one stepson really wanted an iPhone and he really didn't get anything other than the iPhone for Christmas because it's a really expensive gift. Now, I will say this year, when I'm thinking about it, we probably aren't going to spend as much on Reese because she's younger and her gifts aren't as expensive. And I'm really trying to minimize the amount of toys and stuff around the house. Like as kids get older, they want more expensive things and they can use them for longer. So I am trying to be a little bit more meaningful with my purchases this year around Christmas so I don't have to clean up a bunch of junk around the house. But for the most part, we do try to spend the same amount or around the same amount on all the kids. Okay, next question. I have no relationship with my stepdaughters who are 20 and 18. I get resentful about spending money on gifts for them at Christmas. I get this, but I will say it got to be the bigger person. And I think the goal is always to mend relationships like these. And they need to know that you're there and that you care and that you're here for them when they're ready. Even if you actually don't want that relationship, you have to put yourself in your partner's shoes. Like you want to keep that door open, at least for your partner, because they are your partner's kids and you love your partner and you want what's best for them. And what's best is to have that open, loving relationship with your parents. Sometimes it's not possible, but I do think that is the goal. So bite it, send a gift card, send a present, send a letter, just be the bigger person and uh, try not to feel resentful about it. So the children aren't dropped off when they're supposed to be. What should we do? Okay, so it sounds like this is a consistent thing. I would offer to pick them up. That would be something that I would do to try to feel like you have more control over the situation. So you guys can offer to pick them up and then you can control the pickup time. The other thing that I think would be beneficial is if this is an ongoing thing and your parenting time is constantly being taken away from you, I would send a proactive lawyer's letter just requesting that they are on time for the drop-off in accordance to the order or whatever. It's probably an aggressive tactic, but... I do think people continue to do things until it doesn't work for them anymore. So if she doesn't feel like there's an issue or she doesn't feel like there'll ever be any consequences for not dropping the kids off on time, then she's going to keep doing it, right? Like people do what works. So I would recommend getting ahead of it. All right, that's it for this one. That's all the questions that we are answering for this episode. One last thing I just want to reiterate is you have to remember that There's so many things that are outside of your control this holiday season. And if you've dealt with stressors year after year, and there's always been the same thing that triggers you around the holidays, it's really important to get ahead of it. So what I would do if I were you, I would take some time, sit with your journal, think about things that could potentially stress you out this holiday season and do it. I would say this week when this podcast comes out, because you want to have time to process and, you know, do what you can to feel like you have a little bit more control. So go through and identify your stressors. Ask yourself, is there anything I can do to control this? Is there anything I can do to change this situation? How can I minimize the impact that this has on my family? What am I going to do to minimize the impact this has on me? So, you know, whether it be scheduling all of the things that you want to do with your family so that you don't feel like you run out of time because there's limited time during the holidays when you're co-parenting and have half the schedule, or whether it's something that the ex does that always triggers you and seems to ruin your day. Get ahead of that. So think about how you're going to react ahead of time. Give yourself a little pep talk, like get in front of your step family stressors because 
At the end of the day, there's so many things that you can't control, but you can control your reactions. And I know we always say that. I know every freaking post on Instagram right now is all about that, but it's true. It really is true. So this is the situation that you're in. This is what your holidays look like this year. This is how people in your life are acting. What are you going to do to, I guess, have a kick-ass Christmas or kick-ass holidays amongst this extra stress? We have so much more power than we give ourselves credit for, so don't get so caught up in all of the things that are outside of your control that you lose sight of all that is. Alrighty, guys. Thank you so much for listening. That's it for this episode. Chat with you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. You guys know the drill. If this resonated, share it with someone who you think will love it too. And if you haven't already, I would be forever grateful if you could head on over to iTunes and give the show a rating and a review. And if you're craving more stepmom content, want to connect with me and stepmoms from all over the world and get access to exclusive content with all my favorite experts, be sure to check out the exclusive stepmom community, www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership. Members also get access to my online magazine and can listen in on coaching calls with fellow stepmoms, www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership. Love you guys. We'll chat with you next week.